process cannot be understood by stopping it. Understanding must move with the flow of the process, must join it and flow with it. Frank Herbert said that. Powerful. Frank Love Herbert it. is author of Dune. He is. That is one of your favorite books. It is. I think and you've dropped about five quotes from <laughs> Dune on the not, team in the past week. They're not going to be enough. So if you dive into Frank Herbert's other work and just his quotes, if you want a quote rabbit hole that is worth 15, 20, maybe even 45 minutes, go to all of his quotes on Goodreads. The man was a genius for sure. And do you know how Dune got started? No, and I still have not read the book. Don't don't give me a look like, how have you not read the book yet? I haven't read it yet. It's long. And a lot of people dislike it because it's so long-winded and so drawn out. And there's so much detail. And he literally creates a world and a new time from scratch. But it basically started when he was commissioned to write a magazine article. And it was on sand dunes up in Oregon. And he started writing the article. This might sound familiar, but he realized he had a really hard time basically writing articles. He had an easy time writing books, but writing an article was almost impossible. And this article started to basically spiral out of control. A couple other things happened that we'll cover in an episode all about Herbert, his work, and Dune. And he ended up with the starting point of Dune, which took about 10 years and a bunch of different iterations before he found the right publisher. And it was a very, very slow start but he created a world of philosophy and a long-term view of human evolution and evolution for planets, basically. So how to make planets more hospitable for humans. He was really interested in those topics. Hmm. Okay, so now yeah. I need to read it, especially when someone spends a decade putting a book together. That probably warrants me to dive in. At least, at least check out the quotes. That's all I ask. Or that, <laughs> either and one. I don't, I don't know why I picked that intro for the AMA today, but I really, I've just been thinking a lot about it and I can't wait to start exploring some behind the scenes looks at how great works of, especially worlds were built by authors, by their creators. So let me guess, Michael Creighton will be on that list. Who? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course he will. <laughs> yep. I'm excited. All right. So before we jump into this AMA episode, which we have a ton of questions to throw your way, let's give a shout out to our sponsor Twilio. So the Twilio Signal Conference is coming right up in October in San Francisco. It's the customer and developer conference of the year, and we will be there. The mission team will be on location. So come see us, and don't forget to use our promo code MISSION20 at checkout to get 20% off your tickets today. So are you ready, Chad? This is going to be a rapid round because it is late, and you cannot go too deep into wormholes. You just have to answer the question I won't. and go with it. I promise to be as concise as possible. All right, cool. So, dun, 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 dun. first one, there are points in life where we are asked to make sacrifices for others and sometimes it's a blurry line between when you should put yourself first and when you should take one for the team. How do you know when you should put yourself first or when to sacrifice for others? Deeply consider what sacrifices others are asking you to make and make sure that you know what the long-term goal and purpose of those sacrifices is and think about what others really want for you and make sure you check and you double check and consider what they want for themselves. Don't listen to what they say. Try to look at what they do. Yeah, it's it's a really tough struggle, but that's so what basically I just weighing it, figuring out when to do that versus when not to, based on the questions you just did. And you can never get enough context and you want to have as much self-love as possible in these situations, but you also want to be aware that nothing great is ever built without sacrifice. So just be 
very clear about getting as much information as possible because sometimes if people have a blurry conception of what the end goal or end purpose is, the sacrifices might be in vain. But I think rarely sacrifices are in in vain if people's intentions are good. But that's what I would say about that. Cool. All right. If you could pick only three, what habits would you say are the most valuable to incorporate into your daily life? Only three habits. Some type of working out or physical exercise or yoga, some type of practice like that. The food and the physical inputs, so your food and water and hydration, that's incredibly important. And then the third habit, I would say, is to make sure you work insanely hard each day and you fall asleep being tired because your mind is exhausted. Maybe your body isn't exhausted because you have the luxury of not having to have a physically demanding job. But those are the three habits that allow for all of the luxurious habits that many people have today, like the ability to read or write throughout the day. But you can't get to really, really fun habits and hobbies without those three first core habits that inform all the others. Ooh, I love that, especially going to sleep with a tired mind. That's a really good way to think about it. Yeah. One of the favorite things I basically checks throughout the day is if I go to sleep feeling a mixture of overwhelm and, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? I try to revel in that situation. And sometimes I feel great about what I've accomplished, but generally I like to go to sleep feeling relaxed because I've tried my best, but also overwhelmed at the workload and my mind is just completely exhausted. All right. What tools or frameworks do you use for self-accountability? Scribbling on lots of different sheets of paper yes, I can and second notebooks. That. <laughs> and I think now we're moving into a season of life and the business where chaos is starting to form into order. And I'm looking at right now a scrum board that we posted to help track tasks. And I think that's now I'm yeah using processes like Scrum and some project management things like Asana and Slack and things like that to help stay on top of things and email. Yep. My favorite thing about your scrum board is that it was meant for the team and then it just slowly turned into a task board for you. <laughs> I didn't want to like overwhelm the team with a bunch of like the tasks that I had to do that were that people didn't necessarily have the context for. So that's why I'm thrilled about having more people out here in person so we can yeah, all get on the same page and I can start sharing more about why I'm doing certain things I'm doing. Yeah, so excited for that. All right, next one. When you're surrounded by people and a culture that encourages following the same path, it can be really hard to find a motivation to step off the conveyor belt. So how do you break free from the culture of indifference? It's really, really tough. And you have to make clean breaks. So at the time when I joined the military, that was a clean break away from generally just a, a culture and a group of people that was not going to change anytime soon. So I don't know what to say here other than it's really difficult, it's heart-wrenching, it's gut-wrenching, but you have to do it. You will become the average of the people you associate around. It's very difficult. It will sneak up on you and you will slowly become more and more like them. So just be very, very careful that you escape the trap and break out however possible. And we just had a previous episode talking about when you start feeling that pushback and people giving you a hard time about your ideas, you might actually be on the right track. So that's a perfect reminder as well. Definitely. It might be a signal that it's time to leave. All right. As a CEO and founder of a growing business, aka The Mission, what are the three most valuable lessons you've learned from your experience of starting The Mission or anything else? And they can be personal experiences, business, leadership, whatever you want. Patience. And then the quote I reflect on often about patience is that infinite patience gives immediate results. I'm paraphrasing here, maybe. It's from a book that we'll probably cover in a future episode. Mm -hmm. And people 
really, really matter. And who people are and trustworthiness is paramount. So integrity matters more than anything else. And a long-term view, in addition to that, maybe that falls in with patience, is incredibly, incredibly important. You can accomplish things that are so, so much larger if you're able to have just a bit more patience than your peers or other people. And I just want to throw in there too that the idea of competition is a complete, complete farce that is generally an invitation to hallucinate. When people start talking about this or asking you about competition or how you want to compete or how do you want to do this or that, that's just an invitation to join them in fear. And fear will destroy your mind. It will taint everything you do with doubt. Never let it in. And when it does, make sure you analyze how it got there and then remove that. Cool. Those are good lessons. All right, next. There's an epidemic of loneliness. You've been talking a lot about friendships and developing meaningful relationships with others, but what tips do you have for maintaining a healthy relationship with yourself? This is tough because the reason I was talking about it so much was because I was not doing it in my own life. I had really, really slipped here. Maybe I slipped, but also I think sometimes it's necessary to go alone. I think that there is a certain type of wisdom that can be gained from pursuing things on your own for extended periods of time. But after you do that, it's really, really important to come back in and reestablish friendships, apologize for being absent if you have to, or find new friendships, which in my case, that's something I've really been trying hard to do over the last couple months because I've been really lonely throughout some of this process and proactively seeking out new friendships with really great people has been eye-opening for me just in terms of how easy it's made everything else and it's informed better decision-making personally, professionally, just all over the board. So I think that friendships with all different types of people that you connect deeply with are just so, so important. I don't always practice this, but I think that real in-person connection with people who have shared interests where you find yourself just talking and talking and talking because there's just so much to always catch up on when you see each other uh, and there's so much camaraderie there, you should really just like gravitate towards those wherever possible because otherwise it's very easy to fall into a loneliness trap. I agree. All right. And this next one plays perfectly into that question because it says you have experience with deployments and living far from family living far from me. What tips do you have to maintain strong, long distance friendships and relationships? Practice. So practice separating and going out on your own and traveling and going on adventures and then coming back and rekindling relationships or trying to, or realizing that the relationship wasn't that strong to begin with. This is a learned skill. It's something you have to practice aggressively. It's not something that's ever going to be encouraged by others. There are many people who want to stay in the same place or they only want to move places when everyone in their family moves with them. And I think that this is a key to developing a really, really unique type of self-confidence and a worldview that will always serve you. It's just something, yeah, you have to practice. That's it. It's never easy. Practice and make time for and write letters. So yeah, I think that you writing, letters, writing is, letters is really, is really, really fun. And I think that writing physical letters is even better. So I'm not just talking about email, although on different deployments and times apart from people have relied heavily on email. I think that if you get a chance to put yourself in a situation where you're writing physical letters with other people, it adds a type of intimacy and strengthens a bond of relationships. And some of my best memories with you have been writing and then receiving letters. Yep. Yeah. You always bring up the birthday letter I wrote you, which is funny. It was so long (laughs) ago. All right. 
Next, I'm an aspiring writer. What's one tool, tip, or tactic I should embrace to 10x my storytelling game? Direct experience. Don't worry about writing. Don't worry about practicing writing. You have to go out and get experiences that are unique, and then you can incorporate them in your writing. But don't think for a second that great fiction writers ever created what they created because they practice writing a lot. That was certainly a part of it, but now we have more and more software that's going to increasingly help people write better and perfect grammar and things like that. And ultimately, your writing is a reflection of how interesting you are as a person and how interesting you are for better or worse. I know that can be kind of like mean-spirited. I don't mean it that way, but I mean it in a sense that I've studied many, many great writers and they all have this common thread where they have led very, very interesting lives. So go out, have adventures, experience, tragedies, triumphs, but get out in the real world and get direct experience. Agree. And I always think about our trip to Japan. What was the first thing that you said when we got to Japan? What do you want to do? I don't remember. You wanted to write a book about all the different places we were going to. And you're like, oh, this is such a good idea for this type of scenery or this experience of these kids hopping on the bus when they're like really, really small kids going to school by themselves. Oh, that's such a good experience. Oh, and all for that hepatology? Or... Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you wanted to write, but you just kept saying like all these things you wanted to bring into writing by just getting that direct experience by seeing oh, yeah. what we were seeing. It was a completely different cultural experience. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I always remember that. All right. This one, I like this one. What's your favorite one day getaway in the area? I guess the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, or your best hiking spot? If I pick a close one, I like going over to South Bay, the Salt Flats, and all of the, seeing all the swallows and things like that there. Uh, I love Mission Peak, uh, which is in South Bay. I really, really like that hike and it has yeah great views. So that's, that's my favorite. Yep. I thought you were going to say Marin Headlands. Yeah, I like Marin Headlands a lot, but uh, yeah, I like <laughs> I don't even know Mission you Peak. anymore, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll throw a Marin headlines in there too. Okay. All right. Next. I'm a CEO of a small startup and I'm having a hard time finding employees that fit the company culture. What do you look for when hiring people for the mission? Sometimes someone can seem like a great fit during the interview, but then be the complete opposite once they join the company. So how do you weed out the bad apples prior to hiring them? I try to be a better person and I try to share who I am in as honest of a way that I can as much as possible. That's one of the reasons that we're doing the podcast. And that's one of the things that I try to do when I'm talking with people, when we're interviewing people. Now we're starting to interview a lot of people and we're having a lot of people apply to work for us, which is great. But I try to, as early on in that process as possible, share as much about, this might sound counterintuitive, but about myself, why we're building the business and just try to stress that joining is not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be easy and it's going to be really challenging. And in most cases, it's going to be the most challenging thing that that person has ever done. So don't try to sell. If you're trying to sell the opportunity to join a small company, a startup or a small business that is tackling some type of audacious goal or generally anything, because most businesses don't survive because their owners do a number of things that leads to death. But the point here is that Ultimately, focus on yourself, share that, share who you are, but don't sell too much. Make sure you're really accurately portraying how difficult this journey is going to be. Yeah. It reminds me of that ad we put on Medium, I think it was, when we were first starting to hire. We didn't have, I don't think we had any employees. Do you remember what the, it was the boat picture? Oh, from Shackleton's voyage. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what did it say on there? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, it's like Shackleton's ad. It was, I think, something like men wanted hazardous wages, <laughs> low pay, recognition in the case of success. 
Yeah, it was Hours of Complete Darkness or whatever. I, yeah, I can't remember it. Whatever. I think it probably is still up, but that was one of my favorite ads. And you knew the people that were applying through that medium form or whatever it was. We're going to be interesting and we're going to be hard workers. So I love that. All right. How do you feel? That was just like a bunch of questions that for the AMA. That went by in an instant. That was awesome. It did. Okay. Well, thanks so much again for our sponsor, Twilio, Twilio Signal Conference. Don't forget to check it out. They're awesome. And we will be there on site. So thanks for hanging out with us today. And we will see you next time. And we have SpeakPipe links in our show notes now. So you click on the SpeakPipe links and ask your question. So just record it. It's anonymous. We're not going to say names. If you really, really want to shout out, we can do that. But just record your question, submit it. We'll address them in the next AMA. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Chad Grills or at The Mission HQ. Either one's fine. And I, I love doing these. This is really fun. So if you enjoyed this, make sure you let us know. And we'll see you next time. All right. See ya. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.